raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Hello and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. Um, We have a very special show for you today. Um, It'll be entitled Healing Healing the Inner Child. And we have one of our regulars here, Father Michael Sparrow, SJ, who is going to tell you a little bit about himself. Father, welcome. Thank you, Joan. I'm delighted to be back on the program. I'm a retreat master at the Bellarmine Jesuit Retreat House out in Barrington. And uh, I have a background in theater uh, from the Yale School of Drama. And my doctor of ministry work uh, was at St. Mary of the Lake under uh, Bishop Barron, was my thesis director. And I did my uh, doctor of ministry project of working with priests in the area of inner healing. And part of that project uh, was working with inner children, with your inner child. Uh, I was also uh, part of a therapy group under Dr. Serafina Anfuso. And uh, worked with her for eight years, and part of her therapy was combining charismatic prayer with uh, contemporary psychology, and we studied this whole area of inner ch- inner child as well. Um, I've also worked with uh, Father Bob Sears in studying deliverance ministry and inner healing, Father Bob being, of course, one of the regulars on this program as well and his expertise is in the area of family systems. So from a number of different areas, uh, I come at this uh, uh, professionally and personally with great interest. It's beautiful. I'm so glad you shared all that. I did not know all that. And so shall we begin talking about the inner child? Yes, let us begin at the beginning. Okay. So this concept of inner child is sometimes poo-pooed in in religious circles as uh, simply being new age or too strange, Uh, but it is rooted in contemporary psychology. Um, Most uh, authors would uh, trace it back to the great disciple of uh, Sigmund Freud, Carl Jung, who broke with Freud, Um, and one of his archetypes is the divine child within. Uh, That concept was adapted by another psychologist, Emmett Fox, who called it the wonder child. Uh, Charles Whitfield uh, dubbed it the child within. Uh, But the uh, inner child work broke into the mainstream primarily through the work of Hugh Misseldine, an MD, who wrote uh, in 1963 the book Your Inner Child of the Past, which to this day uh, continues to be a a useful reference. Uh, Transactional analysis, which was popular from 65 to 69, uh, developed a child-parent-adult model that continued to uh, popularize this concept. And the very popular uh, pop psychologist, uh, uh, John Bradshaw, uh, wrote about the wounded inner child, 
Um, so a lot of different authors have uh, c- developed uh, this system, uh, the the internal family system therapy, which is sometimes referred to as uh, IFS expanded this concept considerably in recognizing that there just isn't one inner child, but many. Uh, the basis for the concept is actually quite simple, which is that uh, inside each one of us, uh, there's not only our personality, but there are sub-personalities, and many of those sub-personalities are hidden from our conscious mind. Uh, the concept of the inner child has to do with the experiences that we had as children uh, before puberty. Uh, and for many of us, those experiences have been forgotten in our conscious mind, but not forgotten in our subconscious mind. And so through inner healing prayer and through therapy, one can access uh, those parts of our subconscious that influence us tremendously, but in many cases we're not aware of. Especially if we're not in touch with our feelings, and many of us men repress our feelings, and increasingly as women enter the, the workforce are taught to suppress feelings as well. And that doesn't, just because they're suppressed and we're unaware of them, doesn't mean that they don't influence us tremendously. It's like uh, I sometimes joke about a person who says, I am not angry. Why are you saying that? <laughs> they clench their fist and, and uh, pound their fist on, on, on the table. So that's just a little bit on this uh, concept to get us started that's a lot (laughs) i'm familiar with a lot of those books i've been interested in this subject ever since like midlife i started to unravel some of my past but um i guess i i could share an experience and maybe you could comment on that please do when i when i went i was very depressed in midlife um i always thought it was my marriage i always thought i was projecting everything on my husband thinking if only he were different I'd be happy and I went to a Carmelite retreat house and the retreat director asked me to fill out a questionnaire and I spent like two hours just crying on the bed I couldn't fill out anything and when I met with him later I said you know it's a whole waste of time I don't even know if I should be here he said tell me what happened and I told him I pictured myself as a child at the beach at five filling up my sand bucket and emptying it and filling it and I was so happy and I saw this happy little child and um, I said so that's all that happened he said well the Lord is speaking to you from your memory he wants you to reclaim that inner child and then I cried even harder I said well I don't know how to do that and so there, the Lord was really touching my heart, saying he wanted me to kind of be reborn, but I had no clue. So I've spent many years trying to be reborn and trying to find that child. And I'm still trying to find her, to release her. So, Father, um, is that, does that go along with your theories of <laughs> <laughs> these it, suppressed parts of us? It, it does. And... Uh, If you remember last week's gospel from Mark, Jesus uh, put a little child, the disciples were arguing 
This is in uh, Mark chapter 9, and the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest. And Jesus took a little child and put it up in front of them and said, whoever embraces a child uh, embraces me. And uh, the Gospels are best read, and this is our ancient tradition as Catholics, on three different levels. There's the literal level, but there's the symbolic level, and then there's the mystical level. And I think we it's not too much of a stretch to say that when Jesus says, you have to embrace this little child, and in doing so, you're embracing me, is he's calling us to reclaim those memories, reclaim those parts of ourselves that we would like to leave behind. Uh, because who we are today is a product of the choices that we've made and the experiences that we've had. The adult uh, person that we are has been formed and fashioned by all of these experiences of our past life. Uh, in Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 18, verse 3, Jesus says, Unless you become like a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, there's lots of different interpretations of what that means, but again, I don't think it's a stretch in the context of our program today to, to say that we have to be in touch with these all of these aspects of our personality, right. all of the, the memories and the experiences that have fashioned us, and some of the painful experiences of the past, we want to cut those off, we don't yeah. want to think yeah. about those. And your spiritual director very wisely said, uh, Jesus was gifting you, yes. Joan, with that memory and calling you back to reclaim those parts of yourself that you'd cut off. But, but little did I know what he was calling me to reclaim. It's like I saw this happy child and my father once told me, Joni, don't let every, anyone ever tell you that you didn't have a happy childhood because I yes. did. I was totally happy. But that was the outside of me. There was a little inner me that was so different, that took everything to heart, that felt pain, that was lonely, that was um, was sad that my mother was sick a lot, that was, um, you know, that, that didn't feel popular, that didn't feel like she had any meaning, and she didn't matter. Yeah. I didn't matter. And that was all inside of this happy little girl. Like, my father never had a clue that this was going on inside of me, and neither did I till much later. So that little child was so hurt, um, broken. Yes. You know, and, st and so I've spent all these many years trying to get in touch with her and, like, find her. And, and John Bradshaw, one of the uh, popular psychologists that I referred to earlier, said that 99.99999% of families are dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. I think the I think we could say that the only family that is not dysfunctional mm. was the holy family where yes. you had yes. the divine child Jesus and Mary and the just man Joseph. But for the rest of us uh, it's a question of are we more or less dysfunctional. Yes. yes. And so that experience of, of course, there are happy memories, but in our brokenness as families, there's lots of hurt that yes. is 
perpetrated in the course of the family. We we just did at Bellarmine the weekend before last a young adult retreat, and several of the young adults that were on the team that talked about their their own experiences named virtually exactly what you just named that on the surface everything was great it was happy it was hunky-dory but inside they were broken they were they were hurting and had a had a hard time coming to grips with that and so i i i see now clearly what i happened i began uh to have a system of denial to deny my pain and um i pretended I wasn't sad, or De- I wasn't upset, or denying it and repressing it, and repressing it. it. Yes, and so that's the way I grew up. I was one person on the outside and another person on the inside, and I'm still that way. <laughs> you know, I bounded into this office this afternoon and said, "Oh, you look so happy." And you know, I almost said, "You know, if you knew what I had just been going through in prayer an hour before, you wouldn't say that." You know, so there's two parts. There's two of us. I think that's everybody, right? And uh, m- many schools of psychology would say there's not just two of you in inside. <laughs> there's more uh, of you. There, there are these multiple personalities. <laughs> right. That that's the development. Right. Um, there's a true self which is that person who is deeply loved by God. But it takes a lifetime for us to get in touch with and live from that true self, that self that is loved unconditionally by God. The psychologist that I studied with, uh, Dr. Serafina Anfuso, used an image that I found very helpful. She said that all of us wear a spacesuit and that spacesuit is how we present ourselves to the world, and it allows us to exist in toxic environments, in dysfunctional families. I, I grew up with an alcoholic father. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and my father was a very successful businessman. He was very successful in the church. He was a leader at, at the church, mm-hmm. well-respected, well owned his own company, uh, So he was a leader in business, he was a civic leader, he was a Boy Scout leader, he was a church leader, but he was also an alcoholic. And who he presented himself in public and after he had been drinking in the home were often two different people. And I grew up admiring my dad. He was an usher at church, he was a leader of the Knights Knights of Columbus, all of these things. And the inner child in me couldn't put together that uh, I was angry at my dad while I admired my dad. That that was very hard for a child to to put together. And when he was drinking and he was driving, I I was terrified that he would, and then he would rage at the other drivers in the street. That was very, very difficult as a a child. And the result was... uh, when I became a teenager, I struggled with depression well into my young adult life. And it was only through therapy and through spiritual direction that I was able to get in touch with my anger at my dad uh, and my frustration sure. growing up as an adult child of an alcoholic, feeling ultra-responsible for the other members of, of the family. And it, 
those are very difficult feelings to sort through. It's much easier to just suppress those feelings, to deny those. I really didn't recognize that my dad was an alcoholic until I was well in my 20s through therapy and through spiritual direction and prayer to be able to sort that through. Yes. You know, I think every person struggles. I do. And what you're sharing is very touching. And my mother was mentally ill, and I didn't ever tell anyone and yet at night I'd cry, you know, I'd cry on my pillow because I was so sad. And so, and I really didn't have a mom. She couldn't mother me. And so I recoiled. In fact, I'm just getting in touch now with the fact that I didn't give love or receive love emotionally mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> yes. And so um, only now am I realizing that, that that loneliness inside of me is because I, I had like, uh, ropes around me, you know, preventing me from loving, opening myself to emotional love. And what a gift it is that you're able to see that. Yes, now, only now, now but now we have the music, and so we're going to stop and we're going to come right back and continue. Thank you, Father. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. WSFI is on social media. Follow us on Twitter at WSFIFM and like us on Facebook by searching for WSFI Catholic Radio. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Uh, Bishop George Rassus speaking. I live in Libertyville, Illinois, in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Jesus and the Apostles have the spoken word one-on-one, and yet uh, through radio and the magic of uh, electronic media, we can reach all kinds of people instantly. And so the message is as important or more important than ever in our world today, and I hope that many of us will listen and learn and come close to the Lord each and every day. And God bless you. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online 
at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Father Michael Sparrow, who is, we're talking about healing the inner child, and we're having a, just a beautiful sharing here between us. Um, and Father shared about the alcoholism in his family and how he, even in his 20s, he didn't, he didn't even realize that uh, what it was and how he had carried this anger and um, depression. And it was fortunate that you did realize and that we do come to an awakening. I want to tell you just briefly about my late husband who died in February and about a month before he died, I don't think he ever came to terms with his emotional deprivation. Uh, he was always stoic in that. It's like he very rarely shared his feelings. Or, and I'd often say to him, are you okay? Are you depressed? He'd say, depressed? Not me. But about a month before he died, he was laying in bed one morning. He said, you know... He said, I was lonely as a kid. And it so touched me because he never shared emotionally. And he was so vulnerable. And I started to cry. I said, oh my God. And I knew that. I just knew it from his history. And his mother was mentally ill. He had never shared, never came to terms with that. So it's so beautiful that we, we he did come to or admit that <laughs> late in life but the toll it took on him he hid his whole life he hid himself and we we all do that right uh, more or less yes y yes. yes and uh the fact that uh i mean it's not an accident that he came to that yes as he was terminally ill yes yes so he was doing his inner work yes yes it, but your husband joan whom i knew and yeah. admired he was a very successful businessman. oh very yes and, and very charismatic personality you would right. never think you know that he had these pr inner like turmoil it's part of the stigma is yeah. that we repress so many of these things yes, we, we yes. put on sometimes it talked about as a mask or it's a false self or yeah. it's one side of our personality, right. but we present our best face yes, to, the, to yes, the world. I yes. got it together. I'm successful. Uh, you know that I've been working with military veterans, yes. and this is a huge issue for for veterans because when you're going into the midst of the battle, you have to you have to suppress yes, your feelings. Yes, yes. If you're if if you're having a meltdown on the battlefield, you're going to be dead. So yes. in the military, they teach you. And humiliate you yes. if if you get too emotional. Yeah. But now, when you come out of the military and you're transitioning to uh, civilian life, and you're trying to raise a, a family and be loving to a spouse, the very thing that protects your life on the battlefield becomes a liab liability for you. Right. And so right. you you have to unpack all of those yes. experiences and feelings and that's that's difficult to do so because he died i've been grieving and i've been crying a lot in the last six months but what i'm experiencing now is very new it's like i have a deep loneliness that i've never felt before and it it i think the grieving the missing my husband is bringing out this child 
and um, I talked to my Father Sears, who has directed me a lot in the past, and he said, it's your child who's coming out now. She's lonely, and she didn't get to be parented by, by the parents that she needed because they were ill or not present or whatever. And I'm not blaming my parents. I love my parents. Yes. But I didn't get the needs met. And mm. so now there's still that that hole inside of me, that need. And I spent one Sunday totally alone feeling sorry for myself. And, you know, that's the little child, he said, who's really wanting. And so what was his solution? To sit with Jesus and Mary and let them mother and father me. Yes. And so, especially like at adoration. And that gave me a whole new way to deal with this because it's terrible to walk around feeling so lonely and crying and everything and so that's that's his idea what do you think of that father it's a well i've studied with uh, father, father sears. sears and he and i are going to be uh leading a pilgrimage oh, right. in, in uh, about a month over, right. over, over to greece so i have great admiration yes. and this is an idea that uh he's talked about often yes. and it's very very powerful yes. is to allow Mary to mother us, to for Jesus to be our, our brother, for our Heavenly Father to be our Father. That was a, a breakthrough for me. I, I would say what turned the corner for me in terms of being able to let go of my anger at my dad mm -hmm. for, for his drinking was to recognize that my dad really wasn't my dad. He was my biological dad. Yeah. I, but that quote that Jesus said, Call no one on earth your father. You have one father, your oh. father in heaven. I'd never really taken that to heart. Mm -hmm. But when I embraced that and I started thinking about my heavenly father as truly my father and my biological dad as my older brother, mm -hmm. that he was flawed and broken like all of us, yeah. that enabled me to be able to forgive him. Wow. Because as a child, we need our parents to be unconditionally loving. Yes, yes, and yes. no earthly mother, no earthly father can be unconditionally loving. Right. But yeah. our Heavenly Father can, and our Mother Mary can. Yes. When it's so meaningful, you know, Father Sears and I were talking about this, Jesus hung on the cross, and he looked at John whom John said, didn't call himself by name, right. he called himself the beloved disciple. Yes. And every one of us are the beloved disciple of Jesus, called to become the beloved right. disciple. And he gifted the beloved disciple with his mother. In doing that, Jesus gave us his mother. Yeah. And he knew that we need to be loved unconditionally. And Mary, who's in our Catholic theology is conceived without sin. Mary, who never sinned, mm. has that capacity to love us unconditionally. So we become part of the holy family yes. with Jesus as our brother, our heavenly father as our father, Mary as our mother. There's great, great healing when we bring that inner child, those those lonely parts of us, those wounded parts of our us, and bring them to Mary, bring them to our Heavenly Father, bring them so to Jesus. So I said to him, how do I do that? And he said, it's contemplation, just be with them, just be with Mary, just be with Jesus. And you know, when I after I hung up the phone with him and I was sitting there thinking about it, I thought, you know what, I was never 
I never did that with my mom. It's like I don't have a memory of like hugging her or opening myself to love or letting her love me. I was just, I grew myself up. I like, I was just an independent person from the time I was very little. And so I've never like taken in that kind of love. One resource here that I might mention uh, uh, in an organization that, that I work with is called Heart to Heart Ministries, mm-hmm. Catholic Media Ministry. The website is heartoheart.org, Heart heart.org on that website uh, I did a, a guided meditation with a colleague of mine it's a two CD set one of those is based on a powerful experience that I had at Bethlehem where I was praying in the chapel of the of the nativ- mm-hmm. the church of the nativity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I imagined myself holding the child Jesus and that was profoundly healing in my own life wow. because Jesus becomes vulnerable to us and Francis of Assisi taught us to imagine ourselves at yes. the stable yes. in, in Bethlehem and holding the child Jesus. In holding Jesus as a child, that was the beginning of my healing my own inner child. How beautiful. Of accepting Jesus and his vulnerability. How beautiful. That's the first CD, and I, I lead you... Oh, li- lead I'm going to order it. Lead the, Heart, the, oh, heart dot org. Org. Treasures of the Heart wow. is the name of the CD. Wow. Of holding the child Jesus. You, you don't need the... You don't need the CD to be able to do that. But, right, right, right. But, but it's helpful. It'll guide you. It, it guides you. The second CD is by my colleague Betsy Beckman and she was grieving after her mother died Mm -hmm. and she had a powerful experience of just imagining Mother Mary holding her. So she was a little child and she had lost her mother. She was grieving. This was this huge hole in her heart and she was guided by the Holy Spirit to imagine just as Father Shear suggested that Mother Mary was holding her as this little child who was grieving the loss of her mommy. So it's two guided meditations. One is us holding the child Jesus Mm -hmm. who comes to us. Jesus becomes vulnerable to us Mm -hmm. and says, hold me. (laughs) And in holding Jesus, we We are are healed. healed. Uh And Mother Mary says, allow me to hold you, to mother you. And in doing that, we're, we're, we're... it's so a pathway this to is heal. so appropriate for all what we're talking about healing our inner child and for all of this listeners who might have an inner child who's l- like crying still on the inside needs uh, a m- hug matter of fact i would say <laughs> we can virtually <laughs> guarantee that there is inside of us there's the happy child yes. and we want to remember those happy memories and yes. reclaim them yes absolutely but there are those broken parts of ourselves mm-hmm. that we need to go back to and heal those memories. That's so beautiful, Father. That I, I, I never expected anything like that, like a, a real answer for a real particular problem. <laughs> it's how God works through us. Through And it's a combination of prayer and mm-hmm. taking advantage of contemporary psychology. Yes. And l- let me just mention to our listeners that uh, when I moved into my young adult years, I really struggled with depression, and a lot of that was I w- I w- 
refuse to look at those yes, parts of yes, myself yes. and my and my yes. own family. And I went to my spiritual director, and I he said, I, Michael, I, I think you would do well to work with a psychologist, work with a counselor. So I went to a counselor, and I described what was going on, and he said, it's, it sounds to me like you're depressed and that you have a lot of the symptoms of an adult child of an alcoholic. And I was so frightened by that mm-hmm. that I and angry. I said, "Who are you to tell yes, me that I'm yes, depressed? Yes. <laughs> that I, yes. I, I refuse to go back to him." And so I str- and I said, "I just need to pray more. Mm-hmm. I, I just need to spend more time in adoration. And adoration is beautiful, and prayer is beautiful. But we're not as Catholic Christians. We're not Christian scientists. Mm-hmm. We we go to doctors. Yes, yes, and, yes. and we take advantage of the of the advances yes. in medical science and psychology. Catholic spirituality embraces all of the advances in science and all of the advances in yeah. psychology and in medicine. Truly. And, Beautiful. And it took me several years to be able to have the courage and the humility yes. to be yes. able to say, I'm broken, I need help. And when I did that, that was the beginning. That was the beginning of sig- very significant healing in my life. One of my favorite um, authors, to s- even though he's deceased, is Father George Montague. He was a biblical scholar, and he writes of his own depression and how he he fought it for years. And finally, the, he said, "Lord, you know." He prayed to, to have a breakthrough, and the breakthrough was he realized the Lord told him in a in a like uh, through scripture or some way that he was like a man standing on a manhole cover just keeping everything down there and once he would let it open it and let it out then he, he began to do that he said he had new life in his prayer his prayer had power he it was a prayer of praise he learned to ha- pray pray praising God and thanking God and all of this stuff just came pouring out that he had repressed and that gave him new life yes. and so will it with us as it did you father so Jesus wants us to open those parts of ourselves that have been locked away in the closet that we've been too afraid to look at or too proud yeah. to look at i think those are two of the devil's biggest tools yeah. is pride and fear. Yes. And again that uh, I was preaching on that last Sunday with the gospel that the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest and they Jesus said what are you arguing yeah. about and they wouldn't say because they were too proud to say that they were proud. <laughs> right. Right, right. <laughs> and Jesus predicted that he was going to suffer and die. Yes. And they refused to ask him about that because yes. they were too afraid right. to to look at those sufferings. Pride and fear. And the other person, the thing, scripture I love is when then Nathaniel was sitting under the tree and Jesus said, there is no guile in him. I love that. I just think of that all the time. It's yes. like you. There is no guile in you, Father. It's beautiful to have that openness and honesty. And that's what we all need if we'll just let our inner child out. Right. Well, you, you compliment <laughs> me beyond what I... No, 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 no. I, I we only have two minutes left, Father. We, we have some prayer requests. I, I hate to interrupt, and but people have emailed, and there's a few um, we want to pray for before our program ends. Yes, and G- Jesus says in Ezekiel 34, I will seek out the lost, and I will bind up yes, their wounds. Yes, thank so you, So for Lord. all of those listening to this program, yes. Jesus wants to seek you out, don't hide from him. 
humble your heart and name what the need is. Yes. There's a gentleman uh, named Kevin from Barrington who's asked us to pray for his son who's hospitalized due to catalonia and epilepsy. We, we lift him up. Uh, and we lift up uh, prayers for a person who didn't wish to be named uh, but who is suffering greatly and who's asked for prayers for a leadership team. Lord Jesus, we, we, we lift up uh, Kevin's son. We lift up members of this leadership team. We lift, lift up all of our listening audience today who is those who are broken, those who are hurting, those who are suffering. Jesus, we commend them to you through your sacred heart. We surrender them to our Heavenly Father. We commend them to our Mother Mary. May those inner children be blessed and healed. Humble our hearts and allow us to come to you, Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. It was a beautiful program. Delight to be with you, Thank John. Thank you. Same here. been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.